This is episode four of the Romp podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking to Tim, who's originally from Canada, but now lives in London. And we're going to be talking to him about his experience of living in Ontario in Canada, moving to Alaska, moving to London, and all the funny stories that happen in between. There's some lovely moments in this show, including a little bit of crying. Now, there is also some dark humour. We do laugh a little bit about death, so if you are uh, nervous of that kind of thing or might find that a little bit upsetting, perhaps don't listen to this one. Um, But anyway, um, look out for uh, references for uh, Wonder Woman. There's a brilliant little story there. A little bit of Raiders of the Lost Ark and a Chinese restaurant in Anchorage. But let's get going. So my first question to Tim was, what brought you to Britain? Uh, a, A man. No. <laughs> oh, yes. And uh, sometimes we make great decisions in our life. Sometimes we make bad decisions in our life. Uh, but sometimes bad decisions can turn into good decisions. So <laughs> uh, I, uh, before I moved here, I was living in Orlando, Florida. Oh, okay. And- so we, haven't, we didn't just come straight from Canada then. We've been, we've been about a bit... Oh, uh, do, do, do you want me to should, go? Should we back? go? Should we go way back? Let's then? go. Let's go yeah. way back. Let's go yeah. way back. So um, I was adopted at birth, uh, and I was born to a Jewish family. Uh, who uh, my my birth mother, who uh, unfortunately has passed, uh, and I never got to meet, um, just. Um, Decided not to do the coat hanger thing with me. Okay. So, which which I'm happy. Mm. Uh, but I was then adopted into an evangelical Christian household. Ooh. Yeah, which uh, was uh, quite interesting, especially growing up, because the big secret in our family was that I was adopted. And all uh, my uh, other extended uh, family were like, why doesn't he know? Uh, oh, so everybody in the family but you knew. Everybody, everybody knew but wow. me. And this is yeah. the uh, this is the early seventies. Um, uh, yeah, very early. 70s. It's good because I can remember because we're the same age. I can. I, can go, <laughs> I know where that was. I don't have to do any maths today. Uh, and and is this in Ontario? Uh, it, um, yes, yeah. And so they, they were all so confused about you know why my um, adopted parents never told me this. And uh, so, you know, here's this little Jewish baby who was in foster care for three years uh, going into an evangelical Christian household. But my my mother and father were sort of diametrically opposed. Uh, My my mom bought into all the Jesus uh, bullshit and my dad sort of just wanted to keep mom happy, so he would show up on Sunday mornings and try not to find the ridiculousness uh, in mm. this. Well, it must have been difficult. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I remember one time she dragged us to a Pentecostal church, which is, uh, I, don't, I don't think they have it in the UK. But no, it's, we don't. It's Holy Rollers. They're, they... Um, the, the spirit of God overtakes them. Oh, okay. And, and possesses them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One time, uh, she decided to take us right up the center aisle 
and sit in the front pew of the church. Nice. Uh, and then my older sister, uh, of course, would always show up late, and she showed up with this huge black, like, Zorro-like hat, dra uh, draped in this long, flowing black gown with the biggest silver cross I have ever seen, and Jackie O sunglasses, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just before the service began. So in the Pentecostal church, they do something that's called speaking with tongues. Okay. And that's when God, whatever that may be, uh, comes inside you and you speak in a language <laughs> that no one knows. So basically, it's someone that goes, and then someone else is also possessed by the Excellent. Holy Spirit. Not to, be, not to be outdone by the previous person. No, no, exactly. It's a game of one-uppance. Yes. Uh, and they then translate. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bullshit we go through. God. Uh, and uh, so someone stood up at the back of the church and went, I am the Lord your God. And uh, basically, they're just quoting scripture. Yeah. Um, and I look over at my dad and I thought he was praying, but uh, he had his head in his hands, but his shoulder blades are going <laughs> up and down because he's laughing. And then I noticed at seven years of age that my dad's laughing. So whatever daddy does, so does son do. But I have like a loud, almost wicked witch of the West uh, cackle, and that came out. So poor mom had to... Take us out of this fucking church service right in the middle, marches up uh, the center aisle, um, and it was the most embarrassing thing uh, in her life. Oh, God, your poor mother. She must have been mortified. That's brilliant. So why not tell me a little bit more now about your formative years? Yeah, looking back, you probably didn't know it at the time, but looking in, in retrospect, you understood. Yes. Uh, I, I remember I was probably uh, eight or nine, and I had a friend in school, Jay Brown. Jay Brown was gorgeous. <laughs> Jay Brown was like Zac Efron. Yeah. Uh, and so... I remember one time going to his house uh, and like knocking on the door because that's what we used to do. We yeah, didn't have mobile phones. Yeah, yeah. You just go around on the off chance, didn't you? <laughs> yep. Can can Jay come out and play? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and so uh, they said, well, he's having his uh, dinner right now, and so I said, it's okay, I'll wait. Uh, and I didn't realize until years later why I wanted to wait mm. because mm. Uh, I thought Jay was such a dish. Yeah. Uh, and I remember one time I was going out shopping with my mom. She said, you can pick out a toy and you can pick out a superhero doll for yourself. And I picked out Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> and the original Wonder Woman, she was fabulous, wasn't she? Oh, Absolutely yeah. Absolutely loved her. Linda, Linda Carter. Linda, Car Linda Carter. My, my dad got uh, in such trouble when that, uh, the premiere of that show happened. I still remember it to this day. We're watching it as it first comes on screen. She twirls, she around, twirls around and she does her little pose on the screen when it says Linda Carter underneath yeah. her. 
and he goes, wow, look at the tits on her. <laughs> and uh, he, he got a bit of a smack from my mom for that. But she was so beautiful, anyway, wasn't she? And, you know, oh, just yeah. anywhere she could go, she could whiz around and there she was stood with a truth rope and she could, de- yeah. and she could defend herself from bullets with wristlets on. Oh, yes. I, I actually, when I was a kid, uh, I used to take toilet paper rolls <laughs> and, and then the foil out of my parents' cigarette package. Oh, you're creative. Uh, and, and, and like glue it on there and then take the, you could get like, when you would get like gold stars or red stars yeah, or yeah. For whatever you did, I put the red star on there and I would walk around playing bullets and bracelets Fun. as Wonder Woman. What did your mother think of that? Uh, I think she probably uh, went, oh, God, I don't know if we chose the right kid to adopt. <laughs> Do you know why she did adopt you? Have you ever discussed that at all? Because uh, she wasn't able to have children. So I'm the chosen child. Uh, and <laughs> The special uh, one. The, the special one. But I... She was so into her Jesus that she couldn't really accept the whole gay thing. Right. And um, for years, at the age of 24, uh, that's when I finally went, you know, I just have to be me. Mm. But because I knew my my mom went to see Philadelphia, uh, the films. That was going to finish her off. That was an yeah, awful and, film to have to go and watch. And then... Uh, Not only I, for the bad I, acting, to be honest. <laughs> I watch it once a year and uh, in tears. Yeah. Well, do you yeah. hate yourself that much? God. <laughs> I just think Tom Hanks in it is awful. Uh, but then I remember her coming back and saying to me that she had seen this film, Philadelphia, and she was in tears. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, finally, she's. we're going to have this conversation. And she said, his poor mother. <laughs> oh, God. I'm his like, oh, mother. well, th- that's uh, out the window right now. Uh, and so. And had you come out at all at this point? Did she know? No. no Not officially no. knew, anyway. Not officially knew. No. Uh, Living in, so a, I... in, a, in a world of denial. I- exactly. Uh, I, I wasn't in denial. I, w- I was still having some fun. Well, and um, I want to know a little bit more about that in a minute. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna get to that. <laughs> but but then I, then I decided that if she doesn't accept me, none of my family does. Mm. Uh, and I left, mm. and I left my home, and didn't say a word to anyone. Wow. Uh, yeah, I in the moved. dead of night, kind of thing. Almost. Climb down yeah. the climb down the drain pipe and off you went. Yep, uh, I moved to Anchorage, Alaska. Comes that's a long yeah. way. Why? Why? Just why? Uh, beca- because um, I I had met this guy who uh, w- was just wonderful at the time. You know, we all have <laughs> the, uh, the 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 few wonders mm-hmm. in our life. Yes. Um, his name was Mark, and he had this big curly hair. Um, some of my friends didn't like him and called him Poodle Head. But yeah. uh, how I, did you I, meet I, Mark? I I had uh, living in Canada. We used to always sneak across the border and go to Buffalo, New York. Oh, driven through so, there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I met him at a gay bar in Buffalo. Um, then it was a whirlwind romance. 
Um, and he said, well, I'm moving to Anchorage. And I thought, well, I need to move to Anchorage as well. But I still needed to sort, of, sort out visa and green card. Right. Uh, which I did rather illegally. Can we can we publish this podcast? Do you think they're not going to come? They're not going to go around and get you, are they? Now, no, because we're only using first names here. And so there used to be an American show called Sixty Minutes that would expose things, right? And it exposed um, how people could go to Los Angeles and just pay a couple of hundred dollars and get a fake social security number and a fake green card. Excellent. And so that's what I did. Uh, so you're an, an illegal immigrant then? I was an illegal wow, immigrant. Wow, you don't look Mexican. Years. At all. No. There's, no. There's no wall <laughs> no. to keep you out. Do you know what? Trump, would, would, would I, I would have just gone right past him. Yeah. And he would, oh, that, you know what? That's a really good guy there. It's a really <laughs> good guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, so then we moved to uh, Anchorage and decided that you know this whirlwind romance probably wasn't the person for me right and this happened at what point how long are we in well like weeks months are we you know about three months three months oh crumbs oh yeah uh but then then i was free yes uh you know finally i was free to play the field yeah uh and so far away from home no one knew you you could do and be whoever you wanted to be exactly and that's when i could be uh the full me and, and so what's anchorage like as a scene is there much much going on because we all think you know we think of various shows that escape me on the tv that it looks depressing mm. and you know like like what i would call a nordic noir kind of and it's ice and dark is it well, all right yeah, when I was there, there were three gay bars. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, there was one which was uh, just sort of like the traditional uh, Alaskan gay bar, almost like that scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, when Harrison Ford comes in to meet uh, Marion uh, in Nepal. But it was almost like that. Right. Uh, then the other one was a Chinese restaurant during the day. And a gay bar at night. Okay, because that's yeah. a good. That's a usual kind of standard combination, isn't it? Those two. You know, how did <laughs> exactly. that come about? Why do yeah. you run a gay bar and a Chinese restaurant? Well, it, any you know, idea? It, it it would turn just eat on their on their head uh, <laughs> in today's climate. Yes, <laughs> they'd be like, okay, do you want number thirty four or would you like cock and rimming? And um, you're hungry again after an hour anyway, aren't you? <laughs> No, oh, totally. Uh, even at the age of 53. Um, and then the other one was sort of a cool dance club, which I, I thought was, uh, you know, wow, we're, we're in Alaska here. And yeah. so you you had your sort of choice. Um, but uh, then after a year, um, I, I had met another uh, person and we hated... You can only stay a year in Alaska unless you have balls of steel, mm -hmm. and I don't. It's not just the darkness. It's so cold. Mm. Like, uh, um, how can I describe it? When you go out and you inhale, um, and you, we all have these little hairs in our nose, it's almost like they freeze into icicles <laughs> and fall off. 
So, uh, yeah, after a year, it was like, whoa. So I found the next love of my life. <laughs> and- Are we going to say ecstasy now at this point? Is this because it's like early 90s for me? You mentioned dance clubs and you mentioned going out. It's like, mm, sounds like drugs to me. That was a love of my life. Oh, for quite a while. oh. I'm going to get to drugs in a second. Okay, brilliant. Move oh, it you just you just wait. Um, so, but, but the next love of my life, I met there, and he wanted to work for Disney. So we decided to move to Orlando, Florida. Wow! And Orlando has got wonderful weather, and it's a wonderful place to live. However, the one bad side about Orlando is when someone wants to come and visit you there. Because you'll say to yourself, um, you know, what am I going to do for them? And so you'll ask Mm -hmm. whoever's coming to see you, what would you like to do uh, when you're here? The answer is always, let's go to Disney. Yeah. Well, I've been to Disney World. Are you ready for this? 57 times. And I take it you're not one for going on the rides then anyway. Well, no, because uh, my then love of my life worked there. We uh, actually would go in the tunnels, so we never had to queue for rides if I had to go there. Yeah. Uh, so I met two very famous people in the tunnels. Uh, Mickey and Minnie. Uh, Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, one time we went through one of the tunnels, and it looked like um, – uh, this Arabic woman in full-on hijab, but white from head to toe, okay. with these very muscular uh, four guys around her, and I say that in closed quotation marks. Was it Cher? No, Diana Ross. Uh, no, and you're going you're going down the wrong path oh. here. Oh, yes. okay. Yep. So it was a man. It was a man. <laughs> and, and we we walked up to one of the security guards and quietly said, uh, you know, uh, my friend here works here. We're just wondering who that is. We can't really say. I'm like, oh, come on. Just tell us. It was Michael Jackson. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the, the he monkey not heard- give it away. Well, no, he heard the conversation <laughs> and turned around and stopped. <gasps> Uh, and uh, said hello to us. And he said, "Uh, hi, it's really nice to meet you, Um, and shook our hands. (gasps) And you would think it would have been the most limp-wristed handshake Mm -hmm. you've ever had. One of the most powerful handshakes I have ever had. Weird. Yeah, Yeah, you do. It was so bizarre. You have got a complete image of what you think he's going to be like. This is the Romp Podcast were you out at this time and, you know, living a gay life or were you closeted? Totally, so, totally. And what was yeah. that like in, in early 90s Orlando? It was it was absolutely wonderful uh, because um, especially Disney has always been open. Yes. Uh, you know, they, they would have their the gay... It's run by the gay mafia, isn't it, quite frankly? Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah, but they would have their gay days at Disney, which wow. was great to go to because yeah. all the gay people wear red T-shirts. Uh, and as you're walking through, you would see uh, like a family from Arkansas or something that had planned their holiday for months and months and months. And then they would just see all the faggots going down. Fabulous. <laughs> oh, and, and, but 
Yeah, they were in the minority. Yep, we were in the majority. Fabulous, and having a great so, laugh with it as well. You can imagine the totally. times that you had being a big gay, being a big gay crowd in Orlando and Disneyland. Yeah, oh, World, yeah, whichever yeah. one we're Disney. So, yeah. but it was fab. It, it it was it was wonderful, and uh, you know I I know we're we're here to talk about dating before Grinder. Yeah. Um, at, at that time, uh, it would just be you needed to learn how to talk to someone, uh, and how to how to have a bit of charm. Yeah. And uh, you know, not send a message that says uh, cockpick question yeah. mark. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any kind of chat up line or you know how did, and were you going up to people in the streets you know how were you how were you getting cock love basically is what I'm trying uh, to find out um there, there would be uh, you know lots of cruising areas and i, I remember the uh, the flat where i lived in orlando uh this was for some reason i don't know i i I picked a winner uh because it was right in the center of a gay cruising circle so you you could go and you know sort of like have a walk out put on some hot pants uh and then you you would have cars slowly go by you yeah and you would sort of have your pick uh there to to do it or um you you could you, you could go out to the clubs and uh, look at someone from across the dance floor in that romantic way, going, you know, I want to fillet you. <laughs> and you know, when the, the cruising is it? Oh, because in Manchester we have um, particularly there was areas, but, but there was no cars involved. It was it was down alleyways and under a canal and stuff. Mm. Was it like that, or was it mostly there was a walker in a car and someone in a car cruising that way? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Like it's sort of like on the main, uh, what not main main street, but mm. but on the proper road, not on an alleyway. Yeah. Wow. And did you feel any risk at all? Were you bothered? You know, thinking, oh, crumbs, this could be, you know, the, the, last, top, you know, the bad boys always look like the good boys. It's the ones we yeah. want, isn't it? But you know, Do you know what? At the time, I probably should have, but never did. But I didn't. No. Uh, it's uh, and looking back, uh, I'm I'm probably really lucky to be mm. with you here yeah. today. Yeah. Uh, because maybe I made good choices. Um, yes. Difficult to know, isn't it? It's mm. you know. Well, we, you know, we don't know who's not here today because of it. I suppose it's. Cur- I mean, I remember there was only one time I went really cruising in the city centre of Manchester. And was out on a Tuesday night, which is not something you do in Manchester anyway. And there was a bar called Austin's. And me and my friend were out drinking and it got a bit late. And there was no, I missed the last bus home. And it was three miles. And I thought, oh, I'm going to get home now. I hadn't really got, I didn't really want to get a taxi. I hadn't got any money. So I thought, well, I'm in the cruising area. I'll just, next time a car goes past, I'll rub my crotch. I did. Mm-hmm. A car stopped. And then I went, oh, I know a good place to go. So we drove back to near where I lived. I thought, this is good. Did the deed and I got a, therefore got a lift home. So it was the only time I did any kind of cruising, and it was very accommodating. I can tell you, that's what we call a win-win. Situation. It was definitely a win-win situation. <laughs> yes, definitely. And the the rugby club in uh, Didsbury Park was uh, was very very nice place to be of an evening at three a.m. I can tell you. Yes, mm-hmm. but back and, to yourself. And- so well, we're in. We're currently in Orlando. 
and then mm-hmm. you you then came to Britain. So what happened there? What's the scenario so oh that so, got so yeah b- before getting from Orlando to Britain uh, in Orlando there used to be a gay strip bar. Okay, uh, and and when uh, we say strip, are we talking about taking clothes off? Not because strip is a, a a street of things, isn't it, in America as well down the mm-hmm. strip. Like no, 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 to taking clothes actually, off. Actually nakedness, yeah. right, okay. Yeah. For and everybody sure... or just for the, the bar no, staff? No, 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 for, for, for the pole dancers. Oh, pole dancing, uh, <laughs> excellent. Yeah, it was called Todd's Place. Right. Yeah. Then I, I met this English boy. Okay. Uh, one of the pole dancers. Excellent and, and, of course, you know, in your late 20s, you fall head over heels. You seem to have done it many times, I must say. I know. Yeah, it does happen. Uh, uh, you fall head over heels for someone who can spin around a brass pole. Yes. I mean, I do watch those videos on Instagram. I'm thinking, like, I can barely climb up a pole, let alone <laughs> spin myself around it whilst wearing high heels. Uh, so he then uh, had to go back to England. But I uh, then was so infatuated. And remember, we're still in Orlando. Yes. Uh, and... I found out that my adoptive father's parents were born in uh, London. Oh. So, uh, and it's still something that you have UK ancestry right of abode from your grandparents down. Right. Okay. So uh, I went and applied for that. But you were Canadian, didn't you? Have it? Would it not be all right for you anyway? Being Canadian, because we're no, you still you still (laughs) own you own (laughs) me. Uh, It's uh, but you no, you still uh, have to have some sort of direct connection like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got that. Uh, I went over to meet him. And on uh, uh, our first weekend there, I remember arriving in 1997, but I I got there and uh, he met me at the airport, said, we're going to go out and party this weekend. I think on my uh, on my person, I had 500 pound cash. In 1997, which was a bit of a chuck. I I would be Uh, quite pleased with that now. Yeah, you know, so it wouldn't, we... it wouldn't pay this month's gas bill, but no, not you know, at all. It would be nice back then. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we then went out um, to trade. Yes, uh, been yeah. there. Mm. Uh, and uh, a bunch of other clubs. And at the end of the weekend, I think I had eighty pound left. <sighs> but I expected that until I got uh, employment, that I would be staying with him mm-hmm. and. He then said, oh, by the way, my landlady said that you can't stay. No. Yeah. So, for... And can I just, what, this, what you spent this £420 on? Uh, well, uh, uh, oh, it, sorry, it, sorry, let me clear it, my nose. I can say, yeah, mostly that, yes. <laughs> let me clear my nose. And... Because it was expensive then. But, but Trade, the club in London, also had its own in-house dealers. Well, they, I think most clubs did, didn't they? That's why they were so strong yeah. on the doors because they yeah. were inside anyway. They needed to; they were controlling the door, basically. Oh, but, totally. But ecstasy was fifteen pounds a tablet when I was taking it in ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I used to go to clubs, and uh, you know, you would get two ecstasy tablets. 
uh, buy a bottle of water and keep filling it up yep, in the toilets. Of course. In fact, they used uh, to turn, at one point, they'd turn the taps off so that you couldn't. So <laughs> in Manchester, <laughs> this is how tight they are. Yeah, really. And then there was a whole outcry about it because people were dying and overheating and stuff. And, you yeah. know, and so, and they made us go to the bar and buy bottles of water and stuff, but they had to turn the mm. taps back on eventually. Yeah. So anyway, I'm down to eighty pound. Yes, uh, and he said you've probably lost that like, in weight as well, haven't you? Over that over that weekend. Oh yes, uh, yeah, definitely six pack. Um, <laughs> yes, with the days. probably eight pack at the time. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, don't ask to see it now because it's uh, <laughs> I'm it's not, not sure too, either, It's not two pack. It's no pack. <laughs> yes, it's a Watney party barrel, which you probably don't know about. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. But but uh, he said uh, his landlady said I couldn't stay with him. Yeah. For my my fur after that weekend, the next thirty one days in London, I was homeless. Wow. Uh, yeah. And so and how uh, homeless? Where were you? What did you like, do? Like uh, in do you know where Leicester Square is in yes. London? Yeah. There there used to be uh, McDonald's uh, there, like right on the corner, and there was yeah. a sort of like a corner shop on the. Uh, opposite side i used to sit there yeah. uh and that's that was my pitch wow I, I i never went hungry because people would come out of mcdonald's and see the homeless kid uh and say oh can i go get you a meal um i used to sleep in the uh doorway of theaters uh, outside uh out i was of a gay of- man yes uh, out of range of cameras mm-hmm. uh, in uh, the Piccadilly Circus tube station. Wow. Uh, the police would wake you up if they found you, but, you know, they they were actually very kind. Um, and they would uh, say, no, you do have to move on. Uh, but no one was ever nasty to me that way. So and- talk, talk to me more about the homelessness being a late 20s gay man. Yeah. Far, far, far away from home. Mm. I assumed that boyfriend had bogged off and left you. You weren't exactly going around his house every evening. You know, alone. What's that like, living on the streets? Because that's not something that most people have ever ever heard of or had experience of. No, it was horrible. But I did meet a gay friend. Uh, (laughs) And so we sort of looked after each other. And then there... Uh, there was a hierarchy of homeless yeah. people there. Um, uh, and... Is that to do with it's, that's my patch, that's my belongings, yeah. you don't beg there, you don't sleep here kind of thing? Al- almost like the mafia. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then one of them got my passport. <gasps> God. Uh, and then I had to beg £20 to get my passport back. Right. So that was, a control. that was them making money off you. Exactly. And, and if I didn't do that, uh, and someone had to explain what this was to me, he said that he was going to give me the gift of Sheffield. Oh, uh, steel. Uh, sh- yeah. Steel uh, they, make na- they make, make knives. knives. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Going to shank so, you. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And so every night you went to sleep, were you certain that you were going to wake up the next day? Because um, we see no. some horrific stories of, that have happened to homeless people being attacked by drunks and things like that, don't we? 
Yeah, uh, I, I was incredibly lucky mm. that I would fall asleep and just wake up when the sun hit me. God, that's just unbelievable, isn't it? I don't know how you could have survived all of that, to be honest. So eventually you've told me uh, off air that uh, you you did manage to get a job and a taxi driver kind of took you in and gave you a job and you lived in the back of his office for some months. Um, but how else did you earn money? Because I can't imagine that you got uh, much from that. There, there also used to be like these women's mags that they would hand out on the tube that had job adverts uh, in there. So um, okay. when you say like woman's realm or woman's own or something, are we talking Playboy? I, I can't remember the name of them. They, 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 they weren't, were just... wasn't porn. It was just standard. No, 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 free. not at oh, okay, all. Cool. Yeah, yeah, right. free, free, free mags. Oh, okay, um, cool. Uh, and uh, as I'm being very open in this interview, yes. and we're only do- we're only doing first names here. I won't say what the job was, uh, but I then applied for it and got that job. Was uh, it was it to entertain women of a certain age and be their companion <laughs> for the evening? <laughs> yes, yes, you, I know you, the magazine. You've gone yeah. right through me. Yes, uh, I, no, I it, considered it. You know, in the nineties, I was like, I need a bit extra cash. All you got to do is sit and be, talk to them. Yep. I thought. Mm-hmm. Did you do more than that? Uh, no. Okay. No, good. No. Yeah. So, yeah. In fact, the archers. There's a storyline that that that's an exact storyline at the minute. So mm-hmm. that's it's come full circle. We can talk. We can talk about escort work as a young man. I think. I actually uh, uh, did. Uh... Uh, back, uh, and I don't know if you had this in Manchester, but they used to have this in London, which were gay chat lines. Oh, yes. Yeah. So you would oh, call... 0898 eight, something, something, eight, something. Exactly. And then you could go into, like, private rooms yeah. with people. Uh, at 50p a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I did a couple of escorting things. Oh, okay. Uh, and this is... <laughs> this is post-homelessness, uh, etc., uh, when I wasn't making that much money, but yeah. wanted to go out for a night, yeah, uh, I would find someone on there and uh, go, "Okay, would you want me to come over and jerk you off? It's yeah. going to cost you this much." Yeah, brilliant. And then you know, cash on the table beforehand, yeah. uh, wank your todger, and then yeah. uh, and, and now I can now I can go out clubbing yeah. tonight. Yeah. yeah. And and if if you've got that mindset, there's you know there is there there is there's always the exploitation side of things, isn't there? But actually, it was a it was something a service you wanted to give. I am assuming that you were happy doing that, yeah. And you got the money, and it was no mm-hmm. no skin off your nose, and off you went out. You know, so we, oh, yeah. there was no exploitation in that at yeah. all. So, you know, it's the oldest oldest occupation in the world, isn't it? Yeah, and 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 the the few times I did it, uh, most of the uh, clients. Uh, were so um, nervous when you would get there yeah. that it wouldn't take long. Uh, for, <laughs> so it was a short for, for, job. For, yeah, oh yeah, for, for, for them to no more than explode a in gratification. <laughs> and gratitude. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And was there a type of person? Were they generally, or, you know, that was choosing you? Were they an older man? Were they a single man? You know, was there always a, a type? Sometimes, sometimes older. Yeah. Um, but there, there would be a couple that uh, I would go, my God, you don't need to do this. You're mm. hot. Mm. Uh, yeah. This uh, podcast, as we know, is a bit about dating before Grinder and how you get, went out and got, uh, how you met people, so we say. So, 
can you tell me a bit more about the different dating experience? Because I, I, when I sent you my details and the, all the, the info and everything, I said, think about the, you know, the funniest, the weirdest, the one that got away. You know, have, have any stories particularly come to mind? Funniest? And, and let's... Uh, I don't know if we could really call this a date, but okay. so... Uh, w- when I had first moved to London and then became gainfully employed, I still wasn't making that much money. So I had a part-time job um, at a bar at Bishopsgate in the center of London. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I I had a lot of fun there. I used to wear Marilyn Manson makeup behind the bar. Brilliant. Uh, and a straight everything. bar? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. No, customers love me. Yeah. Um, so... I, I then at the end, uh, after we closed and cleaned up, um, I was able to catch the last tube home. I was on the Metropolitan line and I saw one of my customers from the bar who was uh, th- there were three people in the carriage, him and then some old lady at the way, way at the end of the carriage. And he's staring over at me. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, do I or do don't I? That's that thing, uh, isn't it? And so um, uh, I slowly parted my legs <laughs> and uh, just start. <laughs> Who else? Sharon Stone's arrived. I, 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 it was total basic instinct. Uh, I, I, and then started rubbing uh, my yep. nether regions. It's the uh, sign. It's the international yeah. symbol. He got over and all of those big metropolitan line. And I've, I've not been on the metropolitan line for years, but they used to have these big high-backed benches uh, right. when you sat across from each other. Uh, yes, yeah, so, so facing each other rather than all the way along the sides of the Yeah, thing. exactly. Okay. Yeah. So uh, he then came over yeah. and uh, gave me fellatio from Liverpool Street <laughs> to Baker Street. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how far that is. How long does it take? Were you were you like your old customers and very pleased? So it was a quick journey. Or was that oh, was that oh, a lot no, of stops? No, 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 no. He he was quite teasing in the way he did it. It's not, <laughs> it, it wasn't his first rodeo. I could tell. <laughs> wasn't yours either, love. Of course not. <laughs> wow. Are you, are you kidding? I was fucking John Wayne by that time. <laughs> God. Uh, so that's but, in in public on a, on a tube train. Yeah. And, and uh, do you know what? Thinking back on that, I can't imagine even thinking about doing no, that. you wouldn't, would you? Although. Oh, you're not going to tell me like last night on the way home. <laughs> No, uh, I think it was probably about a year ago. <laughs> uh, coming home, uh, now you have your night tube and your night yes. train. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a very similar situation. Excellent. To, to that. Uh, but it was getting off at the same stop and following this guy. Yeah. Uh, and then he went into the middle of a communal garden or something oh. and, and, and um, blew me. Excellent yeah. stuff. Yes, brilliant. Okay, so th- so that's that's weirdest. Is that that's uh, the weirdest? Okay. Yeah, best date. Best. Um, I remember uh, there used to be a club in London called the Astoria. Okay. And that's where G A Y used. To yes. Be. Yes, I thought I knew the name. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I met this drop dead gore- gorgeous Swedish boy. Uh, and we went out on a couple of dates, and this is before the age of mobile phones. Yes, 
Yeah, so uh, it all had, only had landlines if you were lucky enough to, if you were, yeah. you know. Yeah, oh, but, but I, I think I had a beeper then. Oh, uh, you had a pager? Yes. Oh, yeah, I had yeah. a pager. Yeah. Useless. Yeah. Useless yeah. things. <laughs> I had a pager and then a, a BT um, account card. So that I could, you had to like dial 75 numbers into the phone in the mm-hmm. phone box before you could get through and then it just charged it back to your landline. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. God, the yep. things we used to do. Yeah. But, but, but there was no, at that time, there was no, I'm running 15 minutes late. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you're running 15 minutes late, the person you're going to meet is gone. Is fucked off. Yeah. They're gone. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I would have waited 20, I think, perhaps. <laughs> oh, well, for this one, yeah, I would have waited 20. <laughs> Two days but, later, still stood there. But but for some reason, uh, there were a couple of times that it was my fault, and I can't remember if I was drunk or if I got high. Uh, I didn't meet him, but then I met him uh, a few weeks later, oh. and he was like, like stunning, stunning, stunning. Oh. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've met someone else. Oh. Oh, and I was, uh, it was like it was like it was like a dagger in my ribs. You're listening to the Romp Podcast. If you've got a story to tell, email me at show at rompcast dot com. What would you go out ah, to? Okay, because other I'll, other people have told me about the leather scene they used to go on. What kind of stuff was it for you? Thigh high, white PVC boots. <laughs> I didn't think we were going here. Yes. Okay. With a with a six inch platform nice. and a stiletto heel. Wow. Uh, underneath uh, those PVC boots, skin tight black PVC trousers, no top, and white fur vest uh, over that. And this is back when I had hair, so I had sort of like Annie Lennox spiky blonde yeah. hair at the time. Wow. And I remember so that that. Variants of that. But I remember one time going out with my then Portuguese flatmates who uh, I'm six foot three. So uh, normally I tower over people. Uh, but with these six inch platforms, oh. I, I was taller than God himself. Like ducking under doors. Yeah, totally. And so uh, we we would always have our money for our ecstasy and our bottle of water yep. and our bus fare home. Yep. That was always paramount. Did you hide? Oh, you probably weren't wearing underpants, but I used to put my drugs in the bottom of my underpants because you yeah. often get patted down. I thought you ain't going around there, so I'll. No, no, no. Uh, we we always had people inside. Oh, of so course, we, yes. we, yeah, yeah. We I always had good. to scarily, scarily try and get my <laughs> past the man on the door. You know. Um, so uh, I, I remember uh, my my little Portuguese flatmates who were both about five foot five. And I'm in these great tall platform boots. And this was at another club called Habit that Habit happened the night after trade, okay. which was Sunday night Ooh. going into midday on Monday. Ooh. Uh, Ooh, I bet you're a bit worse for wear there, love. We fell asleep on the bus <laughs> when we lived in Streatham Hill. Uh, and... The the bus stopped at Streatham Common. So for anyone who doesn't live in London, that's probably about a half a kilometer walk. Yeah. From in that Streatham outfit. Common. Yeah. <laughs> we 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 begged the bus driver. We said, We know you're turning around. We fell asleep. Can you please just let us stay on the bus till we get to our stop? And he said, No, get out. <sighs> this is about one PM on a Monday. Oh, 
So here I have Ooh. these two little cute Portuguese guys holding both of my hands, and I'm 970 feet tall. Going down the high street as everyone's going on their lunch, God. it was like Charlton Heston, Cecil B. DeMille, Moses parting the Red Sea <laughs> as we walked down the street. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. Now, we've we've touched on, on many, many things in this podcast so far. We've done going out, cruising, homelessness, you know, all kinds of different things. But talk to me more about your family. What are your parents like with you today? They're perfectly fine because they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, now, uh, let let me encapsulate that for you. Um, Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. No, no, of course. You, but but you know what? It's funny. Yeah, it's totally funny, and uh, I am such a person for dark humor that Good. it doesn't matter. Um, my dad died when I was sixteen years old. Okay. Um, and he's the one I thought would have accepted me. Yeah. So I remember because he wasn't uh, the Bible bashing evangelical. No, he's the one sitting beside <laughs> me in the church laughing. Uh, but uh, I remember, the, and this was just a horrible thing. Like when they would, they'd go out for dinner or something, and uh, you know, I would always go. If there's going to be a car accident, I hope that mom dies. Mm -hmm. Because you're not really related, so it's fine to think like that. <laughs> I, but I didn't remember. I didn't know this at no. the time. So when he died, I was like, the wrong person died. Mm. And that sounds maybe a bit evil and maybe mm. a bit horrible, mm. but that's how I felt. Yeah. And you can't help uh, those feelings. You were 16 years old. No. And so, like I said, we've gone through that I left yeah. my family I went to Alaska, I went to Orlando, I moved to the UK. Yeah, remind us, how old were you were when you went to Alaska? That was 20s, 24, wasn't it? 24. Okay, I, so there's I, a big period between 16, yeah. well, there's eight years, because even I can do maths, mm. uh, eight years there of no father living in Toronto, or living in Ontario. Yeah. Big period. What was that like um, for a gay man, young gay man? It was... Uh, it, it was interesting. There, there were there were cruising things where you would drive around. Mm -hmm. um, then I remember uh, there was uh, one friend of mine who I thought may have uh, been gay, yeah. but I didn't know. And so a bunch of us, the like late teens, early twenties kids, we uh, would climb up this suspension bridge. And sit on the top of it. If if I showed you a picture of this, what I actually climbed up, uh, you'd be like, "Oh my god, you're you're in, insane." Yeah, I would never do it today. No. So did you ever? You oh know... yeah, we did. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's going... good. You weren't spurned then, or oh no, no, cast no. Away. We had gone to a straight strip club, and then okay. came, we came back uh, to the flat that I was staying at. And uh, he was staying over, and he asked if he could sleep in my bed. Oh, yeah! And one thing led to another. And were you out? Was there an, was it any knowledge, or was it just some kind of no? This unspoken... is before I. This is before I uh, left my family and went to Alaska. Right. Yeah. So this was so like you the knew, but no one else forbidden did. fruit. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I thought no one else did. Mm -hmm. I know. Uh, yes. My grandfather apparently. Oh uh went to my mom when i was like 12 years old 
and uh, he was from Germany, and said, uh, Ruth, you need to speak to your son uh, because I think he may be homosexual, <gasps> and, you, and you need to love him. Oh. You need to love him. As in love it out of him or love him as he is? No, love love him as he is. Oh. Uh, yeah, and so... Uh, and did she ever? No. Uh, and when I left Canada uh, and had, had no contact with my family till about seven or eight years ago, oh. I thought they all hated me. Mm. I thought that the what my mom felt was what everyone felt. But then I found out other things. Um, my cousin uh, Allie told me uh, that her dad, my uncle Dave, hired a private investigator uh, because this is before social media. Yes, yeah, you he hired a private. On. Yeah, he hired a private investigator to find me. Wow, he wasn't um, very good, was he? No, yeah, <laughs> it, it wasn't Magnum. <laughs> and did they even know you were, weren't in the country? Because that would have been a, a bit of a hindrance. They didn't. They they had no mm, idea. I yeah. just disappeared. You just went. Um, and uh, and then she also told me another story. When she was a kid, he called a family meeting, uh, and so she she's six years younger than me. My cousin Ryan is uh, three years younger than me, so. He Ryan would probably have been about uh, I don't know fourteen or so. She would have been uh, eleven, and so the, he says, "Family meeting, everyone. We're going to talk about your cousin Tim." Wow! And uh, he goes, "But before the family meeting starts, he goes few ground rules." He goes, "There's nothing wrong with gay people. Does anyone have any problem with that?" And they're like, "No, Dad, no." He goes, "Good." He goes, because I think your cousin Tim is gay. He goes, either that or extremely artistic. He goes, but my money is on gay. Uh, any discussion, any questions? Wow. No, Dad, we're all cool with him. We love him. Oh. He goes, good. Family meeting is over. Brilliant. Uh, and, but you weren't there. Yeah, and I didn't know this. Oh, God. And so I lost out on decades Yeah. Uh, because I thought everyone thought the way that my mother thought. Yeah. And how yeah. did that feel to be away? Because it was something that, you know, you hear less of it today, but I imagine it still goes on that people leave, flee families for their own, you know, their mm. own, own mental health. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Or yeah. are thrown away, you know, thrown out by the families. Yeah. What was it like over in those years for you? Do you know what? Once social media oh, started did you spy to on them. I did. <laughs> uh, and um, uh, my my nephew, Jack who's now um, going to be 21 soon. Mm. Um, I've told him, um, <laughs> hang on a second. I told, I told myself I'm not going to cry on this podcast. Um, I told him, buddy, I was not there for a lot of your growing up, but I saw it from mm. afar. I saw it in pictures and posts and, and things like that. God. Yeah. It's okay to cry, isn't it? It is. Do you know, do you know what? Um, uh, I used to see a therapist once a week. I've graduated to once a month. Um, 
And we, we sometimes forget, especially as gay men, about our mental health. Yep. Uh, and it, it is not a stigma. Uh, you know, the, I'll tell anyone. We're like, yeah, just had a session with my therapist last night. Went great. Uh, this is what we talked about. Um, I'm feeling better about this. This is these are things that I still need to work on. Um, and we don't. Not I, everybody has that awareness. No, I, at I, all, I, th- I, th- I, or ability we, to I, speak about it. Yeah, I think we do. I think we we need to. Yeah. Uh, because um, especially as gay men. Uh, because there, uh, you know, we, there's so much more self harm, etc., amongst yeah. us. There's uh, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, yeah, loneliness, yeah. Oh, totally. Um, so you know, we, we sometimes need to grab that bull by the horns and go. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And do you think it's related to being a gay man? And experiences of, you know, we've talked about some of your experiences. Is it around that? Oh, a portion. But Mm. a portion is that, you know what, as human beings, we're all a little fucked up. Yeah. Uh, And uh, if if I was prime minister of this country, I would get a law passed that every kid needs to go into therapy. Mm. Um. Uh, because it, it, when you when you say someone's in therapy, that has such a bad connotation. Oh, in this country, oh yes, yes. We, don't, we don't. We have stiff upper lips. Oh my god, we don't what's the matter with things. him? We're no, no, no. No. It's, it, no. Do, do you know? What? I don't go to the gym, but do you know what I do? I go to this gym. Yeah. I go to the. I go to the gym to look after my mental health. Yeah. You know, sometimes my physical health, I should probably do a bit more yoga, uh, but my mental health is paramount to me. And it's, you know, we we look at the at young people today and talking constantly about health and it feels really weird because, but actually that's something that we should have been able to do. You know, we're both of the same age. So with what, 30 years ago, we should have been able to do that more. Yeah. In fact. Oh, totally. Imagine the, how fucked up we are over 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> because it was difficult, wasn't it? And it's, you know, I think it's just as the, the experiences that you've had, that leaves a mark on your mind and, and your your own rea- you know, gut reactions to things comes from that point, doesn't it? The stuff that you learn as a child and a young adult still have effects and, you know, it, it's the nature and nurture thing. And it's, yeah. it's all there, isn't there? There's... I can pinpoint things that go, oh, that's why I respond to that because of that. And I go, yes, I know that, but I, don't, I can't actually do anything about it because it's kind of burnt into me as that's my reaction. So if you could do one thing differently back in the 90s coming out, what would you do differently, do you think? If I could do one thing differently? Oh, do you know what? That's a great question. Uh, and my answer to you is probably... Not the answer that you uh, were expecting is absolutely nothing. (laughs) Brilliant. uh, And uh, let let me explain that answer, because although uh, there are a lot of challenges and uh, dips along the road, it's made me the man that I am today. Uh, And uh, there 
I, I'm I'm at my most confident right now. Yeah. God, it took fifty three fucking years yep. Yep. to to get there. But you know, when I if I walk out of the arrivals uh terminal at an airport and I've got on a black fur coat and red snakeskin boots and a purple flared uh sequin double breasted suit. I own the room. Absolutely. Yeah. Music of the time. If I was to ask you to pick a song from a playlist, what song stands out? Well, what song do you still play from that era now and why? Oh, there's one song. Okay. Uh, and it's got a great story behind it, which is Linger by the Cranberries. Oh, Okay. And the story behind that is this is before I left Canada. Yeah. Uh, always and you weren't anchored to... down in Anchorage because we were all singing that song at the beginning, weren't we? In our heads. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I used I to. <laughs> I, I used to uh, sneak across to the gay bars in Buffalo, New York. Yeah. Um, and that's and... A, that's passport control every time, is it? How, was that because I queued there for ages trying to get through? Was that easy? No. To get... do, you, do you know what? At that time. No, uh, because I uh, I was, uh, and I think now as a Canadian citizen, you have to show your passport. Yeah. But at that time, you could just drive back oh, okay. and forth. There was no. Uh, I, I remember. I remember the uh, the novel American Psycho by Bret yeah. Easton Ellis was yeah. banned in Canada. I can't believe they would ban a book, but they banned the book. Yeah. So I drove over to Buffalo and I bought it and I had it hidden underneath the fl- uh, like the floor mat of my car. And I was so scared that the border uh, people were going to go, we think you've got American Psycho. We can, we can read it in your eyes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, no. So I always used to go over to the gay bars in Buffalo because uh, it was sort of like escaping to another country, like uh, Scheherazade or something like that. Uh, and uh, I went to this one, and I had been looking at this guy all night. And he'd been looking over at me and you sort of give the nod and the wink. And then we got out onto the dance floor and Linger by the Cranberries <laughs> comes on. So we start dancing. And then uh, before she gets to the chorus, he pulls out, puts out his hand and then pulls his boyfriend in. It was my first three. <laughs> I was. I, I assumed it was going to go down, not up. So, yeah. Oh, brilliant! And yeah. uh, first of many, or only. Uh, you know, I, I am. I am so not a fan of threesomes. Uh, th- that one was okay. Yeah. But uh, uh, because it was magical and the cranberries and everything, anyone that I've tried after that. There's always someone left out. There is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, it's never like the films, is it? Uh, yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's me or if it's someone else. I'm almost like, oh, yeah. oh, poor them. Uh, you know, let's let's be more inclusive. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, not a, not a big fan of the group thing. This is the Romp Podcast. Part of the show is uh, where I get to talk about me. Uh, okay. And unusual, and uh, my lottery numbers, which is this is the fucker facts that I uh, mention on other episodes. Oh, you've just frozen on me. Thanks. Oh, you're back. Oh yeah, no, no. Do you know what? You you just went. <laughs> this is where I talk about me, and it paused. Yeah, and I thought, oh, bastard's bogged off. 
<laughs> no, I didn't. I did nothing. So I have, as you know, as a, you've listened to the episodes, this was my genuine fuck of facts that I wrote everybody down. And it yeah. became, for those who haven't listened before, there just happens to be 49 different sexual encounters recorded in this um, that happened between basically 1990 and 1994 when the lottery came out. Right. Basically sound like a slag, but there's been thousands more since. <laughs> um, and so I recorded it. So I'm asking people to see if there's any interesting stories that I can remember from this to re- think of a number between 1 and 49. And then I will tell you if I can find them in this book, who they were, what they were, and what how I met them. Yeah, it's more than 49. Uh, oh, it's, oh fuck, yeah. This is, this don't a, you fucking lie to me. This only covers 1994, <laughs> love. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. 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 So All right. What, pick, would you like to pick a number? Let's see if I can make this work. Okay, let me roll the lottery balls here, and <laughs> the lottery that. ball is coming up at 35. Oh, 35. That's not one that's been had. Hang on. 35, it says an M. Right. Back in the day, my record keeping was obviously much better. What? Who was an M who was 35? 30, 35. Oh, I best not read his surname. This was in July 1994. Um, he was called Matthew. Um, and we met in Cruise 101, actually. It was gay man- Manchester Gay Nightclub, so we met there. Mm. Uh, and he drove... <laughs> I have noted down everybody's car. This is the sad bit of me. He had a Volvo 340, <laughs> which is a really sad... Really sad. Do you know a Volvo 340? I know. Exactly. Awful, awful car. Because, actually, I went round to his parents' house once and they were really well off. He lived in this big detached house in what's now very much a a footballer's wives kind of area of of South Manchester and Cheshire. Uh, And he had the most amazing six-pack from memory as well. And I remember going and having sex with him in a a place called the Goit Valley, uh, which is a drive out into the countryside. And and we had sex on this hill. Uh, And uh, for some reason, he got completely eaten alive by midges. And I didn't. So uh, that was nice. He got uh, his score was seven, five and six. It's looks seven for looks. Five for the sex, so the sex wasn't very good, obviously. It was only a five out of ten. And uh, he got six uh, overall. Therefore, the average of seven and five is six overall. So that was that was Matthew. Oh, yes. It was, a, yes, I won't, I best not tell you place. I don't know if he's still there, but actually, <laughs> I was looking for him on Facebook the other day, but I couldn't remember his surname. And there it is. There we go. Exactly. Marvellous stuff. Tim, I am going to let you go. So okay, it's been a fabulous uh, nearly two hours there. So it's been... Hopefully you've got some stuff in there that you can make. Uh, I might be able to get 10 minutes out of it. <laughs> Hopefully, yes. Keep uh, the crying bit in. I think that was good. Oh, don't it worry. Was, it was genuine. No, it but, was. But, oh, yeah, but keep the fucking tears in. So this brings us to the end of the Romp podcast for today. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Tim was uh, an amazing guest to have on. We did speak for a couple of hours, and as I, as I said there, I've, I think I've managed to get some, some really good content here, so I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you've got any comments to make or you want to get involved in a show, you can uh, find all the details on the website, which is rompcast.com, rompcast.com, or you can just email me directly at show at rompcast.com. And I'm Murray, and uh, I'll be in touch, and we can have a little bit of a chat. Until the next time, I'll speak to you again soon. Cheers. Cheers.